Hello and welcome back to another episode of Horribly Happy. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Sophie. And happy day, whatever day you're listening to this. We are happy to be back again. Yeah, how are you? How was your weekend? So good. I'm very tired still. We're recording on a Monday. I went to a wedding this weekend. It is definitely the wedding season of life for us. Yeah. Lots and lots of weddings. Um, so it was Zach's family friend getting married. Um, and it was at Grandview Lodge. Where is that, Sophie? It's I think it's technically Nisswa, but it's on Gull oh, Lake. Oh, yeah, it's on Gull Lake. And it's like a very nice lodge up in up north Minnesota. And it was, oh my gosh, I've never been there. It is beautiful. It is crazy. I've never been to a wedding there, but I've been there and it is, I like, it's an idea in my head of potential wedding venues, even though obviously I'm very far from that, (laughs) but since my parents don't, I know, you know how it's like customary for you to get married in the bride's hometown. Yeah. Not that I actually really care about that tradition, but if I like don't get I can married see that you're very traditional <laughs> <laughs> you tell um like if I don't get married in the Twin Cities which like I would also love I feel like the Niswa area is like my hometown because I have a cabin up there so it would be like the equivalent yeah not that I'm not trying to say it's my hometown because it's not I didn't grow up there but like you're, it would it's you it's a part of you it's a yeah. special part for part place for you. Going um, there, my yeah, yeah, exactly. You kind of cut out there. You should say that again. I've been going to that area my whole life. Yeah, exactly. So actually, Zach and I were talking about that because we stayed at the lodge. Like everybody that was visit, everybody is there there for the weekend. Stayed at the lodge, which was actually so nice because you didn't have to drive the entire weekend. Everything was right there for you. Everybody stayed there. There was like one bar for everybody to congregate at the night before. And it just felt like very community. Like mm-hmm. your community is just like surrounding. Like if I was the bride and group, I would have felt like the my community is here and we're all like surrounded. So like yeah. the resort vibe is actually like kind of very cool because everybody stays there and like spends yeah. the weekend together. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And you stayed in a cabin, which is yeah. super Oh my gosh. So, okay. I, I got to the cabin that we stayed at and there was a couple there already that was, so we stayed with Zach's family and there's a couple joining Zach's parents for a drink and Zach's dad goes, yeah, this is so-and-so. Um, he owns this whole resort. Nuh-uh. Okay. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and we stayed at these cabins that there was six of us. So Zach's parents, his sister, sister's boyfriend, me, Zach. So three couples. We stayed mm-hmm. in a three-bedroom, three-bathroom cabin that had six king beds. It was huge. And yeah. then there was a sunroom, a living room, a huge kitchen, a washing and drying machine. Like, it was a house. Yeah. It was absurd. Yeah, I suppose because I'm sure people rent those cabins for vacation. Mm-hmm. So it's like they need a lot of space and all that stuff for like a wedding. You don't really need all of that room, but um, that's cool. Yeah. I've never stayed overnight there, but I've like been there multiple times. Yeah. And it's so pretty. Like 
the landscaping so the wedding actually happened like the actual ceremony was like down the grand staircase that's like so the lodge is a national historic building did you know that yeah I think I did know that okay actually. yeah so it's like those old classic lodges and then there's yeah. a grand staircase going down from the lodge to the lake mm-hmm. so they got married on that grand staircase like they that was like their aisle so it was so beautiful and just like very good vibes all around beautiful wedding yeah. congrats to Kayla and David cheers congrats. <laughs> yeah cheers fun yeah and so Grace is Zach's sister and her boyfriend Ryan were there and they're in college and I was trying to keep up with the college kids <laughs> so I might have had a few shots which like I definitely don't do anymore yeah and I was not feeling well the next morning yeah and I'm very tired today but you know it's all worth it one night of fun I I won't do it for a long time but back to the grind (laughs) yeah 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 I didn't have a wedding this weekend but I went out this weekend and I also had a bit to drink hey so unlike me um I met up with some college slash high school friends and one of them is actually Jenna's ex-boyfriend but we don't have to go into it shout out oh great guy Jenna very friendly but I went to college with him so like we remained good friends um traitor okay (laughs) (laughs) take the side (laughs) I'm totally just kidding it was like you know a high school relationship and it's all on good terms so yeah um yeah so it was really fun we went out in the north loop and so um you know know me like I am I don't stay out late like I'm not a night owl like I dip out early I look at my wait can I say it from my perspective first yeah (laughs) I know you're telling a story but let me tell your story first okay (laughs) Okay, so Sophie shared her um, Uber with me, like when she went on an Uber okay. alone. So I get an Uber that she's going out at 8 p.m. Like that's when she's leaving the house to go out, <laughs> which is like so normal for most people. But, but not like, for me. Normally Sophie's Uber home is at 9. So yeah. I was like, oh, wow, 8. Okay. And then I'm checking my phone and I'm like, I'm ending my night because I am like the wedding's over. I'm too drunk. Yeah. I need to make sure Sophie got home though. So I'm like looking for her text to see that her Uber got home. She's still out. So I go (laughs) and check, find my friends and it's, it was like what? 145. It was pretty late. Yeah. I can't remember. It was past one. And I, you were still at the bar. I texted you. I was like, what? (laughs) I know I looked at my phone I like very distinctly remember looking at my phone being like it's 1 (laughs) a.m I was like oh my gosh this is crazy um and then of course like it took me like 20 minutes to finally get around to like actually leaving because I'm like telling everyone I'm leaving and then I'm like talking and doing whatever old Minnesotan goodbye yeah so I was like I went to bed at like 2 a.m. Like, I don't remember the last time I did that. And I, I was at a bachelorette party the other weekend and I didn't do that. So, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> it was really 
fun. It was like friends I hadn't really gone out with in a year. I hadn't gone out with in years and like hadn't really seen in a while. So there's just so much to catch up on. And like, even though a lot like alcohol was consumed, it was still chill. Like we were just outside sitting at a table, like mingling, chatting, whatever. So it was a lot of fun. That sounds amazing. Did you have any suitors? (laughs) (laughs) Sophie's sexy suitors. No, nothing to report. Nothing to report. Um, I I found a potential suitor for okay, Sophie yeah, this <laughs> at the wedding. <laughs> so of course, like I am putting in the work, like I'm playing the field for Sophie at this wedding. No, okay. Yes, you are. You're putting in the work. That's amazing. But um, I just want to say that, like, when I first became single and I was like oh my gosh I have to start dating again like dating apps blah 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 all my friends and I'm sure you said this at least once you were like you'll meet a friend like you'll meet a friend of a friend like maybe you'll meet someone through someone and then I finally started turning on my friends and being like you're the friend so like (laughs) who are you expecting to do this because it's like you're the friends who are supposed to find me someone. And so now I feel like my friends are taking that much more seriously and um, putting it in efforts. Like, oh, bleep out her name, but she found me her cousin. Didn't work out, but... Cousin. <laughs> cousin, shout out. Um, and now Jenna, go into your story. Yeah, so it's actually one of Zach's like childhood neighbor friends. Um, we don't know him well, but I was chatting with him, just getting to know him. I found out he lived in the city's area and he gave me very strong vibes of somebody that Sophie and I both know that we think is super, super nice. Just like a genuinely nice yeah, like, guy. guy. I was like, wow, this guy is just like reminds me of somebody like he, he seems really great. Blah, blah, blah. So I'm chatting for him with like a little bit and I kind of get right to the point and it's just me and him chatting. And I'm just like, are you seeing anyone? And he's like, no, I'm not. It's kind of hard. Like, it's hard to get out there, whatever. I'm like, oh, I totally get it. And then all of a sudden, from behind, his mom pops into the conversation, was like, what? What are you talking about? Are you, are you saying no. one? <laughs> And he was like, no, mom. Like, I'm just saying, like, it's kind of hard to get out there. And she was like, I know. I just tell him that, like, sometime... He's going to find, he's going to stumble across a girl that just is going to appreciate him so much. And he'll just, he'll be happy he waited. I'm like, okay, mom. I don't know her name. But it was like, it was very sweet. It wasn't like the overbearing mama bear. It was like the sort of mom that was like very sweet. Yeah. I know what you're, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I was just like, yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm not trying to out you right now, but like I do. And then Zach popped in. He was like, Sophie Sophie and I'm like yeah I'm getting to it like everybody's like trying to root root me on and then I was like I do have a friend that lives in the cities that I do feel like you guys would get along really well so he was like okay and then uh, Zach was like give me your number because Zach didn't have his number so Zach's like give me your number and I'll text you information um I need to get on Zach if he actually did that I need to check with him tonight um, but then this guy, this man kind of skirted away because his mom, his mom had now entered the conversation and I found him later and I was just like, hey, sorry if I came on really strong, but like I genuinely thought, I genuinely think you might, you know, be a good pair. 
And he was like, no, no, I love it. It's all good. He's like, just a lot of tension was on me. So I wanted to get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a like very funny conversation. Yeah. But that's that's the gist of it. I'll follow up with Zach to make sure that he did his work in this situation. Love that. I appreciate that so much. Um, other friends, if you're listening, that's the kind of support I need. Friends and fans. <laughs> And fans. Any fans. I feel like fans, you guys know me. Kind of. Yeah, but we would prefer Minneapolis-St. Paul area for um, locals only. What Would it be funny if I like hosted like a bachelorette type thing for you, Sophie? No. Like, found some local suitors? <laughs> no. Okay. Like in theory, yes. That seems like a great idea. But I just don't think I would do well in that situation. What if I posted like a TikTok and it went viral in the Minneapolis St. Paul area? You know those um TikTok sets are like, I don't have a boyfriend, I have a Zach. And then it's like all the great things Zach does. Have you seen those? Yeah. You could do that. Like, I don't have a best friend. Like I have a soap. <laughs> and she's also single. <laughs> Hit her up. And then do like hashtag Minneapolis, hashtag St. Paul, hashtag Minnesota. So it is targeted in that area. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll see, I'll see what I can do. Cool. Cool. Um, so Sophie that. has a list of complaints that she wants to go through, I heard. No, it's just a couple. And I just started writing down thoughts because like Jen and I sit down to record this podcast. We're like, what should we talk about? We always end up finding topics and we always stray and it always works out. But I'm like, I just like have these thoughts and sometimes I just want to share them. And I guess I only have two today. Um, thoughts slash opinions. And I just want to get it out there. So please. My first thought. Parachute pants. Um, I think they're like pretty trendy right now. I don't know if people are on TikTok or whatever. I'm sure you've seen them ugly like so ugly I they and they're like the epitome of trendy you know <laughs> like people will not be wearing parachute pants next year yeah I want to just do a quick google search for reference so I know I'm thinking of the right pants and it's like of course they're low rise so they're gonna look best on people who are teeny tiny I mean more power to you if you don't care or meet the beauty standards like wear whatever the heck you want but I think they're just like very catered to the teeny tiny women of the world um for sure and like the super baggy parachute pants are what you're talking about right yeah yeah because I just did like lululemon has a parachute pant but it's essentially like a jogger yeah, no, like the really baggy, like I feel like you see them on like Nasty Gal, Princess Polly. Yeah. They're kind of like nylon material. And then they like literally just have like a drawstring, like no real waistband. Yep, yep. And they're white a lot of the time. Sure. Yeah, I totally feel you. Um, I don't hate them, but I personally don't have them. Um. I feel like, Sophie, your style is a bit more timeless with a few statement pieces. And yeah. And that is very much the epitome of trendy. Yeah. So what I would love, what I like doing is taking, like, something that's really trendy and finding, like, a vintage 
or timeless version of it. So like going to the thrift store and instead of finding parachute pants um, that are like that nylon-y material, um, find like old trousers that are kind of like that big like silhouette. Yeah, that yeah. silhouette. Um, yes. Or like, yeah, I just, I think like every cargo- trendy, yeah, I think every, oh, and I love cargo pants. Yeah, I think- like I think cargo pants can give the same idea, like fit of parachute pants with being a little bit more timeless or longer lasting style. Totally. So I like find, cause I do like, I'm like, I fall victim of trends, but I like finding like a timeless or thrifted version of it. Not parachute pants necessarily, but I do agree that cargo could be like the parallel of like a timeless parachute pants. And I fall victim to trends too. Like I just got the Birkenstock Boston clogs, which I feel like are so controversial right now. So some people can't get into them, but I actually think those are not as trendy. Like no, Birkenstocks those are not trendy because I, um, what, what I've had clogs like that literally since seventh grade. And it's, it's kind of like, I actually saw a TikTok on this. It's kind of like the granola girls, just like staple shoe. Yeah. Like I, and I'm definitely not the first one and, and neither are you. Like, I think I got my Boston's last year and like, yeah. I've seen girls wear Boston's for like five years now, like on a consistent basis. So it might be trendy on TikTok, but it's like definitely like a constant staple in like a certain type of girl's wardrobe. Yeah. Where it gets trendy is I saw somebody say like, um, people are like hating on the Boston Birkenstocks and it's these girls that wait for the Lulu belt bag drop every week and have this like certain, like the golden goose shoes, Mm. uh, whatever. Yeah. Of course it's an ugly trend for you because it's totally not your style. It's like a girl girl trend. (laughs) Like Doc Martens. Like I feel like those have blown up the past couple years, but they never really left. Like they were still being worn. Yeah. They just, have repopularized but they're still like a shoe that people have in their closets you see have still see around like we're seeing around and it's just a specific type of person who is wearing those shoes yes um yeah so that's my parachute pants what's the other thing on your list or should we save that for the next episode we can save it okay we'll save that it might trigger some other conversations so let's save it okay we'll save that should we get into the stories? Yeah, girl. Okay, so I am horrible this week. <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous to share my story because um, it's very complex. But okay. I shall get into it. Um, yeah. I, through and through, am, am a Game of Thrones fan. Um, I wouldn't say I'm like a super knowledgeable Game of Thrones fan. I mm-hmm. I've watched every season. I like listen to all the podcasts, um, but I'm not like, I wouldn't be able to like tell you every person in every house and stuff like that. So I'm like, not like a mega fan, but I'm a fan. Yeah. Okay. So recently in the past month, the new prequel to Game of Thrones came out um, called House of Dragons. Hmm. And it's like a prequel to all of the events that happened in Game of Thrones. Sophie has not watched Game of Thrones. I've tried. She has tried. It's kind of a okay. hard show to get into if you don't have somebody there to explain it for you. But Sophie, what you could do if you wanted to get into it is watch it and then listen to podcasts after each episode. 
which would be kind of a lot of work, but it was super informative. Yeah. Maybe like in the winter time when I have yeah. a lot more time, but I, you and I both really like, we just don't watch like a ton of TV. Like I can't like super dedicate to a show. Yes. And this is a dedication. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, my new obsession with again, Game of Thrones, and we're not going to get into the ending of the show. Anybody who knows, knows, but you find a podcast to talk about that if you want. Exactly. But I was like super not into Game of Thrones for a while because I had a sour taste in my mouth. And now this new House of Dragons came out and I'm I'm fully sucked in again. They got me. Um, so I have heard stories about George R. R. Martin, the um book writer, like the author of these books. Um yeah. has drawn a lot of his storytelling from real life events. Oh so I wanted to look into that. Uh, and the main story that always comes up is called the War of the Roses, and that is the actual historical name for this war. Okay. Uh, in the show and books, it portrays itself as the War of the Five Kings, um, and historically, it's called the War of the Roses, which is like, wow, that's such a cool name. That is a cool. So name. I'm gonna get into it. There's a lot of houses. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of henry's and try to follow along but um i'll do i'll do the best i can and then i'm also going to post like a family tree oh yeah that you can reference all right so my source is history.com the war of the roses was a series of bloody civil wars for the throne of england between two competing royal families the house of york and the house of lancaster um which is so funny because game of thrones there's a house called lannister Mm. oh anyways so house of york and house of lancaster are like the two houses that are going to be competing throughout this whole story both were members of an age-old royal plantagenic family so they all york and lancaster stem from the same family oh okay So this war waged between 1455 and 1485, and it earned its flowery name because the white rose was the badge of the Yorks and the red rose was the badge of the Lancasterians, the Lancasters. After 30 years of political manipulation, horrific carnage, and brief periods of peace, the wars ended and a new royal dynasty emerged. So I'm going to take you through those 30 years in a brief synopsis okay (laughs) so starting with henry the sixth in 1422 henry the sixth seceded his father henry the fifth and became king of england when he was just nine months old (laughs) thanks to his father's military conquests henry the sixth also became the disputed king of france in 1445, Henry VI married Margaret of Anjou. Anjou? I don't know. I'm going to butcher some of these names. Who was a noble and strong-willed French woman whose ambition and political savvy overshadowed her husband's. Margaret is such a boss during this story. Okay. So all was not well in King Henry's court. He had little interest in politics and was a weak ruler. This incited rampant lawlessness throughout his realm and opened the door for power-hungry nobles and kingmakers to plot behind his back. 
Okay, so Henry the Sixth is from the Lancaster House. Okay. And then Richard of York is from the York House. Um, so now I'm going to get into Richard's story. So Henry the Sixth's lack of leadership led him to lose almost all of his holdings in France. This and the corruption and mismanagement of the power in England, not to mention heavy taxation, um, lent led to a revolt in 1450. This was led by Jack Cade, who marched on London and presented Henry with a list of demands known as the Complaint of the Poor Commons of Kent. Henry had never Henry never officially agreed to Cade's demands, one of which was to recall Richard, Duke of York from Ireland back to England. So Richard was currently in Ireland, and one of the demands of the the common people were to bring him back to England. Okay. Richard of York was a great-grandson of King Edward III and also had a strong competing claim to the English throne. So both Henry VI and Richard of York had a claim to the throne. Henry was seated on the throne, but Richard of York also had a very strong claim. So like if something were to happen to Henry, Richard of York could take over and people would allow that and support it because he had a claim to the throne as well. And it's all about blood, right? Because they're all coming from King Edward III. After a series of skirmishes, Henry quashed Cade's rebellion and pardoned the rebels, except for Jack Cade himself, who would later die um, from a mortal wound. Henry believed Richard of York was behind Cade's rebellion, although there was not clear evidence that he was actually involved. But because Henry believed Henry of, or Richard of York was involved, this set the stage for a rivalry that would last 30 years. Okay, so King Henry VI was actually not very well during most of his reign. He had a lot of mental health issues. So in 1452, Richard of York returned to England um, and decided his mission in life was to get rid of Henry and his corrupt advisors, particularly Edmund Beaufort from Duke of Somerset. He raised an army and marched on to London, declaring um, to Henry that he was going to be removed from his post. Um. And his Duke of Somerset, Edmund, he also was trying to unseat from his post as well. Okay. Um, Somerset held on, but Henry succumbed to his first bout of madness in 1454. Um, so oh. Henry, that bout of madness is like his mental health issues. Yeah. It's called, they call it madness throughout this because they didn't yeah. have like words for it, but he had severe oh. mental health issues. Yeah. So they actually say that his mental health issues left him in a catatonic state. Like mm. he just like wouldn't move. Oh my God. Yeah. So when Henry had his illnesses, Richard of York actually became the Lord Protector of England and imprisoned Somerset in the Tower of London. Um, so Somerset was like his right hand man before, but now Richard of of York became the one that's trying to throw Henry off the throne is now the Lord Protector, which is basically like the it's the Lord's Protector. It's it's the King's Protector. It's like the right hand man. Got it. Um, it was a bitter victory. How? Oh, I missed a spot. Oh no, I didn't. It was a bitter victory. However, 
Queen Margaret, which is Henry's wife, gave birth to Henry's only son, Edward of Lancaster, in 1453, which then weakened Richard's claim to the throne. Okay. So in 1455, Henry recovered from his spell of madness and almost as suddenly as he yielded to it. And he realized what was going on and sent Richard and his ministers away. And Somerset was then reinstated. So now Richard is gone again. Okay. So on to May 22nd of 1455, Richard of York aligned with Richard Neville of Earl of Warwick to march against Henry at St. Albans. So still (laughs) going at it. Um, After failed negotiations, there was a brief yet vicious battle through the town's streets, which left Somerset, Henry's right-hand guy, dead and Henry wounded. Okay. So now the Yorks, Richard, took Henry prisoner and Richard became the Lord Protector again. Queen Margaret, Henry's wife and her son, fearful of their lives, went into exile. So Richard maintained a shaky hold on England and Margaret worked behind the scene to restore Henry to the throne and uphold her son's place as the rightful heir. So Margaret is like working overtime here. Mm -hmm. Fearful his days were numbered, Richard formed an army commanded by Lord Salisbury. The army met Margaret's army, which was very well equipped. And um, although Richard's army was outnumbered they beat margaret's army and defeated them okay so in autumn of 1459 henry and his queen once again mustered a significant army which now included many york deserters so many people are deserting richard to go to henry got it on the night of october 12th many yorks defected from their leaders and fled Richard himself even fled back to Ireland. However, Richard and his supporters weren't finished harassing Henry and Margaret. On June of 1460, Richard's ally, Warwick, entered London with thousands of men. As they advanced on Henry's army, victory seemed unlikely. However, unbeknownst to Henry, one of his commanders was a turncoat and allowed the Warwick's men to access Henry's camp. So the Yorks easily won the battle and captured King Henry, and Margaret fled once again. So Richard again captured Henry. Okay. So with Henry under his control, Richard proclaimed himself and his heirs as Henry's successors. Henry agreed with this plan so long as he'd retained the crown until his death. So he essentially gave away his son's right to to be the heir of the throne if they allowed Henry to be on the throne until he died and then Richard would secede him. Got it. Got it. The agreement was passed by the English Parliament and called the Act of Accord. However, Queen Margaret would have none of this compromise and raised another army to rise against the Yorks. Margaret's like, you are an idiot, Henry, and I will do this myself. Good for her. (laughs) Richard set out with his forces to defeat Margaret's armies and settle the matter once and for all. The armies clashed, but things didn't work out as Richard had planned. He was killed in battle, and his head was severed and put on display wearing a paper crown. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
like fucking medieval so, shit. Yeah. Okay, we're all, we're nearing the end here. Okay. Appreciate everybody sticking around <laughs> for this history lesson. <laughs> like normally this stuff bores me, but like I'm fascinated by this story. Oh, it's very interesting. Okay, so Richard's son Edward, Earl of March, seceded his father. He took over where Richard left off against the Lancasterians. In the middle of the winter of 1461, his York forces defeated the Lancastrians at the Battle of Mortimer's Cross. Weeks later, they were crushed by the Lancastrians at the Second Battle of St. Evans. So um, they just literally keep going back and forth and having battles just like literally destroying each other. When does it end? I'll tell you when it ends. But I hope. Okay, so that throughout that whole time, even while Richard died, Henry was still captured. <laughs> okay. So then it was then that King Henry was rescued and reunited with his queen. So in 1461, Edward confronted the Lancastrian army in a snowstorm. And it was believed that over five or over 50,000 men engaged in a brutal fight and around 28,000 died. Oh my God. It was the bloodiest one day battle in England's history. The Yorks emerged victorious and Henry, Margaret and their son once again fled, leaving Edward, son of the dead Richard, <clears throat> king of England. Okay. So Edward IV may have gained gained the throne, but he underestimated Queen Margaret yet again. With the help of her uh, compatriots in France, she ousted Edward and restored her husband to the throne again in 1470. (laughs) Margaret, you should be queen. (laughs) Margaret can't sleep. (laughs) Well, she is queen. He's king. Yes. She should be ruling. Yeah. Edward then went into hiding. He mustered an army and won York victories at the Battle of Barnett and Tuscarby. At Tuscarby, Henry and Margaret's only son was killed. So their son, the heir to the throne, was killed. Um, And the royal couple, Henry and Margaret, were both captured and held in the Tower of London. And the, the throne was reverted back to Edward. Oh my gosh. In 1471, deposed King Henry VI died, supposedly of sadness, although some historians believe he was murdered, which, like, obviously he was murdered. Like, they just wanted him to, like, stop taking, they wanted to stop it from happening again. He was probably sad, though, still, but was murdered. Yeah. And then Queen Margaret was eventually released and made her way back to France where she died in 1482. So there was like 10 years in between when she was released and when she died. And I don't know like if she was still plotting, but she, her, her beloved was dead. So yeah. And her son and her son, which is so sad. Okay. So King Edward the fourth died in 1483 and was succeeded by his younger son, Edward the fifth. But Richard III, the ambitious brother of Edward IV, so it would be Edward V's uncle. 
Okay. So, so Richard the Third is Edward the Fifth, who is now who succeeded Edward the Fourth. Oh my God, are you are you following? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so now Edward the Fifth is alive, and Richard the Third is his uncle. Um, Ed, Richard. So Edward the Fifth was now king, and then Richard yeah. the Third was now the Lord's protector. Okay. But, and he's the uncle. But he plotted to have Edward V and his younger brother declared illegitimate because he wanted the throne, obviously. Yeah. So Richard uh, succeeded in his plot and was crowned king in July of 1483. So the uncle did that. To eliminate any threats to his throne, Richard III had his young nephews, so the old king and his brother, held in the Tower of London, supposedly for their protection. But both boys, now famously known as the princes in the tower, vanished, and Richard was accused of ordering them to be murdered. So mm. he quickly lost favor with his people. <laughs> yeah, okay. Happens to the best of us. So now this is how it ends. So Richard's right to the throne became tenuous. The Lancastrian Henry Tudor, with the help of France and many nobles, staked his claim to the crown. So not the original Henry, Henry we were talking about, but he is on the same family house, Lancastrian, and his name is also Henry, but it's Henry Tudor. Okay. So with his, with the French backing him, um, he met Richard on the battlefield, and after fighting valiantly, Richard III was killed, and legend has it his crown was placed on Henry's head at the very spot where Richard fell. Henry was now declared King Henry VII. Okay. After his coronation, Henry married Elizabeth of York to reconcile the long-feuding Lancaster and York houses. This union ended the War of the Roses and gave rise to the Tudor dynasty. So literally, Henry was from the Lancastrian side and Elizabeth was from the York side and they got married. And that's how it ended. That's what ended oh. the war my gosh all of that for that that's nuts so i know there's a lot of names and whatever but i hope i made it a little bit more clear i and... follow okay good it's just crazy like you literally like that feels made up it feels like a sh it feels like game of thrones it feels like a show yeah, yeah. so is this like where the royalty in england stem from today um, I don't know if it's from the same lineage okay. or like the same house. Yeah. Um, because it was so far back. Yeah. True. But I'm sure there was more conflicts after that. <laughs> yeah. But there was some time of peace under the Tudor dynasty. Nice. Wow. Interesting. Mm, that's, that's that on that. Thanks for sharing um yeah i don't think that's a story i would have ever found but i followed and that was very interesting and very gory and yeah dramatic. Uh, so i was watching the new game of thrones with zach and there was multiple times and he was like you know we're watching game of thrones right like this is literally what the show is so you either need to like stop or not watch it with me <laughs> because touche I kind of forgot like how bad it is. Yeah, for sure. But I understand why like that real life story is terrible. 
Yeah. He put his head on a stake. And a paper crown. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I am ready to share. Please. Okay. So mine is a little bit of a different setup this week. And I'm just talking about different animal species that mate for life. Oh, okay. Love. And my only source is readersdigest.com. Okay. So um, essentially mimicking kind of the idea of marriage that us humans participate in. The only one I know about is penguins. Okay, yeah. So that's the first thing I'm gonna talk about. Okay. And it's not all penguins. It's not oh, all penguins. And, and lobster, maybe? I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah. Like I don't know. But I think you're right. Because of friends, I agree for that. Yes. Well, it's on my list. So well, it's, it's not a complete update. list, okay, guys? <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not a complete list. It's like eight of them. Okay, so macaroni penguins is the specific breed. Um not all penguins mate for life, but the macaroni penguins typically do and show a lot of affection. The couples will dance when they see each other and they will puff up their chests, swing their heads side to side and make a gurgling like sound. Mm-hmm. And once the baby is born, the father looks after the chick while the mother hunts for food. That's so sweet. That's the macaroni penguin. Okay, cute. Next is the sandhill crane. So essentially a lot of birds mate for life not all of them but a lot of them so this yeah the sandhill crane um will use something called the unison unison call to profess their bond with each other to the world females will squeak twice and the male will will or squawk twice and the male will respond with a single squawk so that's like their unison calling to Mm. go out there together Okay, next, seahorses. Oh, yeah, and the males carry, carry the, the bebe. Ba- yeah. So male seahorses will flirt with potential mates by intertwining tails and dancing around each other. Uh-huh. And I know female seal seahorses uh, actually get jealous and compete with one another for a male horse. And like you said, male seahorses also carry their babies in their pouch until they are ready to survive on their own. So they don't actually carry like the baby internally. They have like a pouch. So kind of like a a kangaroo, but it's not like they're like giving birth to the baby. I don't really know. I think they kind of like push them out. Oh, okay. I don't know. I've seen videos. Okay. That one. What'd you say? I'll have to dive deeper into that one. (laughs) Okay, next is the gray wolf. Gray wolves will mate for life, and the alpha male and female partner are basically a power couple. I did not know that. Yeah. The social hierarchy of other wolves in the pack depend on the alpha male and female, and they also only breed once a year. Mm. So everything revolves around the alpha couple. Barn owls. Male owls will flirt with potential mates by giving them dead mice and screeching. If the female is interested, she will respond by croaking. Literally so romantic. Love. 
Um, the shingleback skink is an Australian native lizard, and they will return to the same partner each mating system. The females are won over by the males, um, by the male caressing and licking them. They also often walk close together when getting around. That's so intimate. Well, fucking a couple. Yeah. Next is the bald eagle. They return to their same partner each mating season, and the male is also in charge of keeping the eggs warm and will feed the little ones while they are born. So, again, they, like, stay home with the babies while the mom hunts. Love that role reversal. Mm -hmm. Feminist queens and kings. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next is the gibbon. These small apes have relationships that can mirror those of humans, like cheating, breaking up, and even remarrying, quote unquote. (laughs) For those who stay together, they will groom each other and help raise their children equally. So they have an equal household. Love Love that. Okay, and then black vulture. Male vultures have somewhat of a creepy and aggressive tendency during their courtship. They will actually circle the females with extended necks and then chase and dive toward them to show their interest. Okay. Not really my style, but no. I'd rather be given the dead mouse. (laughs) Next on the list is beavers. So not much is known on how they actually couple up. And interestingly enough, Europe. European beavers remain faithful to their partner while North American beavers partner up but will also see other people see other beavers Mm. yeah Uh, and then the last one I have on my list is swans Uh, there's a reason why swans have become a symbol of love and that is because when these monogamous animals court they curve their necks towards each other in the shape of a heart and um fly their wings and or lift their wings and bow towards one another um however they also make grunting and hissing noises that make this process a little less romantic but without sound it's beautiful love that (laughs) so yeah that's all um i don't know i just i don't know why the idea of the mating of animals mating for life is so cute to me but it is i love it i love the ape one that was or was it monkey monkey ape uh the gibbon yeah i love (laughs) that they literally like break up or cheat i mean i don't love that that's so scummy but you know but break up and like remarry find another partner yeah yeah it's very similar but yeah not amazing i know nature is amazing my favorite episode of or what i don't have a favorite but i love in parks and rec when leslie accidentally marries two same-sex penguins (laughs) together (laughs) and she becomes an icon of the gay community (laughs) and honey it's like such a controversy (laughs) yeah (laughs) she's like she goes to a gay club to celebrate That show is so like every time because it's when was that show? It was like early two thousands, whatever. So like before gay marriage was like legal across the whole United States. Yeah, and everybody's like telling her to like stay neutral, and then she literally (laughs) like goes to a gay club and like parties with everybody. (laughs) 
I love it. I love her. Queen. Yeah. Feminist queen. Yeah. Ally queen. Ally queen. <laughs> All right. Well, that was some great stories. Some good uh, historical history and biology history and biology you can check that off for the week so have a great week your week y'all we love you stay happy as happy as you can be Bye.